Stand Firm Ministries, Biblical Truth, taught by Dr. Shane Perez. So we're starting Jeremiah chapter 7. We're going to be looking at a number of verses through uh, chapter 7. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I'm going to read verses 1 through 3, and then skip down and read verses 12 through 15, and then read verses 20 through 28. This is a word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Stand at the gate of the Lord's house, and there proclaim this message. Hear the word of the Lord, all you people of Judah who come through these gates to worship the Lord. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says. Reform your ways and your actions, and I will let you live in this place. Go now to the place in Shiloh where I first made a dwelling for my name, and see what I did to it because of the wickedness of my people Israel. While you were doing all these things, declares the Lord, I spoke to you again and again, but you did not listen. I called you, but you did not answer. Therefore, what I did to Shiloh, I will now do to the house that bears my name, the temple you trust in, the place I gave to you and your fathers. I will stress you from my presence, just as I did all your brothers, the people of Ephraim. Therefore, this is what the Sovereign Lord says, My anger and my wrath will be poured out on this place, on man and beast, on the trees of the field, and on the fruit of the ground. And it will burn and not be quenched. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says. Go ahead, add your burnt offerings to your other sacrifices, and eat the meat yourselves. For when I brought your forefathers out of Egypt and spoke to them, I did not just give them commands about burnt offerings and sacrifices, but I gave them this command. Obey me, and I will be your God, and you will be my people. Walk in all the ways I command you, that it may go well with you. But they did not listen or pay attention. Instead, they followed the stubborn inclinations of their evil hearts. They went backward and not forward. From the time your forefathers left Egypt until now, day after day, again and again, I sent you my servants, the prophets, but they did not listen to me or pay attention. They were stiff-necked and did more evil than their forefathers. When you tell them all this, they will not listen to you. When you call on them, they will not answer. Therefore say to them, This is a nation that has not obeyed the Lord its God or responded to correction. Truth has perished. It has van vanished from their lips. In Jeremiah's time, what he was telling them is, go back and look at Shiloh. Go see what I did there. Remember, the people were evil. They turned their back on me. And I was dwelling with them at Shiloh in the tabernacle for over 300 years. I was there with them. And they turned their back on me, and so I left them. And he allowed the Philistines to come in to take the Ark of the Covenant and to completely destroy the city. So he's telling, in Jeremiah's day, he's telling Jeremiah to tell them, go look at Shiloh. What's left of it now? Your people were there for about 370 years. They were there and they were blessed. And now there's nothing left there. Do you not think I'll do the same thing to you? That's sort of Jeremiah's message. Well, what happened? We see in verse 27. This is a nation that would not listen to the voice of the Lord their God and would not receive correction. 
Truth has perished. It has disappeared from their lips. What happened? They strayed away from truth. They strayed away from the one true God. Got to understand, there are not different kinds of truth. There is just truth. I don't have my truth and you don't have your truth. Or the Christians don't have uh, their God which they think is true. And the Buddhist has their God they think is true. The Muslim has their God they think is true. They can't all be right. They can't all be true. Either one of them is the true God or maybe none of them is the true God. But there is only truth. There is only one truth. Truth is true for everybody all the time, regardless of your beliefs or opinions. Example I could give there would be gravity. Gravity is true for everybody that lives on earth. It doesn't matter what your opinion is. It doesn't matter what your beliefs are. You don't have to believe in gravity for gravity to be true. Same thing goes with God. God is truth. God alone provides truth. But what does it look like when there is no truth? What does it look like when truth has perished? Well, fortunately for us, or maybe I should say unfortunately, we are living in a time where we don't have to look far to see what it looks like when people start disregarding truth. How do we know what is true? And if you're living at a time when truth is perished, what do you think it would look like? I'm just trying to start by getting to the truth, you know. Yeah, I mean, I'm really uncomfortable with that language of like getting to the truth again. In social why, why life, is why is that uncomfortable? Because that it sounds actually deeply transphobic to me. Um, and the if truth? you and if you keep probing, we're gonna stop the interview. I, if I probe about what the truth is? You keep invoking the word truth, which is condescending and rude. I'm saying is, to you... How is the word truth condescending and rude? Why don't you tell me what your truth is, and you're walking on 30 seconds more of the nights before I get up. Some people will not even have a conversation with you if you say that there is a truth. But then we can get into details. This has been in the news a lot. The question is, what is a woman? I don't know if you realize or not, but that is a very hard question to answer, it seems like. <laughs> so I'm going to show you a couple of clips here about some of the answers that people have. And the second one I'm going to show you is actually a Supreme Court justice currently, which is quite concerning. Male gametes. That's what makes me male. No, your, your sperm don't make you male. Then what does? It's a constellation. In reality in truth okay whose truth are we talking about the same truth that says we're sitting in this room right now you and i no you're not listening if i if i see a chicken laying eggs and i say that's a female chicken laying eggs did i assign female or am i just observing a physical reality that's happening in the world does a chicken have gender identity does a chicken cry can you provide a definition for the word woman can i provide a definition mm -hmm. no yeah i can't you can't 
not in okay. this context. So I'm not a biologist. The meaning of the word woman is so unclear and controversial that you can't give me a definition. Senator, in my work as a judge, what I do is I address disputes. If there's a dispute about a definition, people make arguments and I look at the right. law and I decide. Well, so I'm not. The fact that you can't give me a straight answer about something as fundamental as what a woman is underscores the dangers of the kind of progressive education that we are hearing about. I think she makes a good point there. The things that I'm showing you, uh, a lot of people that are talking is not some hippie that was living on the street that's been doing drugs her whole life. Well, they may have been doing drugs her whole life, I'm not sure. But they're not some hippie on the street. Most of these people that they're interviewing are professors in college. Someone think about sending our kids and grandkids to college. These are some of the people that will be teaching them. I would say we'll be teaching them what truth is, but they don't really believe in truth, so they're teaching them there is no truth. Well, in some countries, and I show this because it won't be long until it's here, uh, the truth, telling the truth can get you even in trouble. So it is quickly becoming illegal to point out that men are not women, no matter how they dress, no matter what kind of shoes they have, no matter what they paint their nails. So this is an attack not just on biology, but on speech, on conscience. You're not allowed to say obvious things. Here's an example. A self-described feminist in Norway called Christina Ellingsen is facing a three-year sentence in prison. She's facing the possibility of going to jail for years because she affirmed the reality of biological sex. Specifically, Ellingsen tweeted that men cannot be lesbians. You probably never thought about this in any depth, but it's technically true. She also said that men cannot become mothers. Now, again, that's true. But in Norway, as in all of the West, the truth is no longer a defense. Norway is now investigating her for hate speech. Isn't that interesting? Speaking the truth, at least in Norway, can get you in jail. And I would dare say in the direction our country is going, it won't be long until the same is happening here. You can already get fired from jobs or be discriminated against if you're speaking truth. Now, this one really hurts because uh, I've been teaching science for many years. And I didn't discover till this week that there is no truth in science. There is a truth in science that is so integral to what we do, we don't even think about it. It just is. And yet outside of the laboratory, it's relatively unknown. It's almost become a secret, an unintended secret. And one I didn't even realize existed until I was talking with my friend Anna. Anna is a biochemist and a mom. And she was at a school event and she overheard some parents having a pretty heated discussion about how to make heart smart choices for their family when it comes to butter or margarine. Butter is bad. They tell us butter is bad, we need to use margarine. Then margarine is bad, you need to use this new margarine. And now there's a rumor that butter really isn't even that bad for us. Why can't they give us a straight answer? Why can't they just tell us the truth? And she realized they didn't know the truth. Because the truth is, there is no such thing as truth in science. Science is not about truth. 
Science is not about searching for some immutable truth. It is not a quest where you find something and you take it and you put it up on a shelf and you say, aha, we found it, we're done, yay. In fact, if you're doing that, you're doing it wrong. Now this lady is a researcher in science. I think she may also be a professor as well. That's very interesting because we're all into it, especially with the COVID thing, research and what research has shown. But then you might want to examine exactly who's doing the research there. Uh, is it people that don't believe in truth and that there is no... Did you get that? She was saying that tr the truth in science is that there is no truth in science. Very concerning. We're, getting a, we're living at a time where truth is not taught in schools. Uh, just here's a couple of headlines that, or three of them that I found. 1619 Project, which is, I think is a, a new form of history, I guess, a new type of history. The author's latest theory is that racist to think Europe is a continent. Yes, exactly. And this, since I'm uh, into science, how was the moon formed? And this is uh, frustrating, but it's very interesting. Scientists are still unsure as to how the moon formed, but here are three of their best bets. They know for sure that God did not create the moon. They know that for absolutely sure. Then the answer will be, okay, well, how was the moon created? How were all the planets created? How was Earth created? Well, we don't have an answer, but we'll throw in, we'll give you three theories that you can choose from. But Seattle Public Schools say math is racist. It says math is racist because certain people, certain races score lower than math, in math, is what they say. So therefore, math is racist, which I think is a very racist statement because what they're saying is people of certain races can't learn math. They're not smart enough. So we're seeing, this is what is happening in our schools. I've shown you what some of the professors at colleges teach, but we are seeing this even at our, our elementary schools and our high schools. And don't think any of your schools are any different. It's being taught everywhere. It's like there is no more truth. In fact, it's getting to the point where what we can do is we don't like the way something is, we can just change the definition of words. Orwellian, new emails confirm CDC officials scramble to change problematic definition of vaccine vaccinated because experimental mRNA jab did not qualify under old definition. So if we come up with something and it doesn't fit under our current definition, Instead of giving it another title or labeling it somewhere else, we can just change the definition of words. And this is exactly what they changed it to. Before they changed, the CDC website defined vaccine as a product that stimulates a person's immune system to produce immunity to a specific disease. But they had to change the definition, and it's very slight, but it is very important. After the change, a vaccine is a preparation that is used to stimulate the body's immune response against diseases. Now it, all it has to do is stimulate the body's immune response against the disease. So now a vaccine, instead of something that will stop you from getting a disease, now it just helps your immune system to respond. They didn't say how much it responds, and it doesn't even respond as we know of, to prevent it completely from occurring. 
That's very interesting. But you know, the times we live in, this has sort of been predicted before. Have you ever read the book 1984? If you did not, you need to go and read this book. I warn you, it is not a Christian book, but you need to read this book. George Orwell is the author, and he sort of predicted things that we sort of see today. He wrote the book in 1949, and what he was doing is he was anticipating what the world may look like in 1984. Now, I would say he was off a little bit, about 50 years, but I have a feeling by 2030, that seems to be the goal of the World Economic Forum and Bill Gates and others, by 2030, I think we're going to be pretty close to a society that is described in his book. So if you want to know what the future looks like, you may want to, you may want to read his book. Some of the things in the book is where there's a lot of things that are what I call oxymoronic. And it's emphasized by the government that is uh, running the world at this time. They would say war is peace. They'll say freedom is slavery. They'll say ignorance is strength. And they'll repeat that all the time. Of course, that doesn't make any sense because really what they're getting at here is there's no truth. Truth has perished. I don't know if you ever heard the phrase, Big Brother is watching you. It is uh, taken from this book, 1984, because in this book, the government is watching everybody all the time. Aren't you glad we don't live in days like that? <laughs> but we have seen, not only in the book, but we've actually seen some of this in real life. This is a picture from out front of Auschwitz. This was a sign so when the Jewish people were taken into this uh, torture camp, they would read, work shall set you free. It did not mean that if they work, they would eventually get freedom. What it meant was, come here, more or less, be our slave and work for us, and that is freedom. What does it look like? I found this... Uh, Video. This is a video of George Orwell before he passed away. He gave uh, the world one final warning, and I think you need to heed it. By the time Orwell married Sonia Brownell, 1984 was written, after which he would never leave his bed again. But he left one final warning. You once claimed that you have an ability to face unpleasant facts. Is that what you've demonstrated in 1984 by drawing an accurate portrait of the future? I think that allowing for the book being, after all, a parody, something like 1984 could actually happen. This is the direction the world is going in at the present time. In our world, there will be no emotions except fear, rage, triumph and self-abasement. There will be no loyalty except loyalty to the party. But always there will be the intoxication of power. Always, at every moment, there will be the thrill of victory, the sensation of trampling on an enemy who is helpless. If you want a picture of the future, imagine a boot 
stamping on a human face forever. The moral to be drawn from this dangerous nightmare situation is a simple one. Don't let it happen. It depends on you. you turn away from God when you turn away from truth if you don't follow truth it leads to chaos and destruction so what is the truth well we don't determine truth we don't decide truth we discover truth and truth can be found in Jesus Christ Jesus answered I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really love me, if you know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on you do know Him and have seen Him. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. God is what is who gives us truth. We don't decide truth. And if God gives us truth, we need to um, acknowledge that and really submit and surrender to it. So many Christians today, we think we know better than God. Well, God doesn't know my situation. Well, God says that in a general sense. He doesn't mean it specifically to me. Well, this thing I'm doing, it's, He really doesn't mean I have to take that action. i got these other things that I need to do. Or He really doesn't mean I have to stop doing that. I just do it a little bit, and besides, nobody's perfect. We have excuses all the time where we're constantly lying to ourselves, but there comes a time and place where Christians need to submit to the truth of God and the truths that are found in His Word. I think many of us are very similar to um, the Israelites in Jeremiah's day. Jeremiah, we read today where he's, God has given them a hard time about their, their sacrifices and burnt offerings because what would happen? They were still being religious. They were still obeying the commands that he told them to do in the temple. Yes, I will still go make my sacrifices. And they were still doing all of those things. And God is like, I don't want any of that. I want your heart. And they refused to give him as such. What is truth? There's a good video that explains it. Our story begins some 2,000 years ago. In just a few moments, the crowd that had gathered would decide if Jesus would be set free or hung on a cross for his alleged crimes. So Pontius Pilate, overseeing the prosecution, arranged to speak with Jesus before the sentencing commenced. Many a criminal had stood accused before the powerful Roman leader, but this one was different. People had been claiming that he could heal the sick, give sight to the blind, and make the crippled walk again. What does the mighty Pontius ask this apparent Messiah in his last moments on earth? He asks, what is truth? In the same way, we as a nation are asking ourselves this question. What is truth? You see, some claim that truth is dead, that all we have left are lies, rumors, and fake news. Others claim that truth is to be molded by one's thoughts, feelings, and experiences. After all, who is God to say what is right and what is wrong? 
It's in this moment you realize how truly lost we are. You see, truth is not a block of clay made to be shaped in our image. Instead, it is a mirror designed to reflect back to us our imperfections, deepest flaws, and unmet potential. The reality is that we were never supposed to shape truth. Instead, truth is supposed to shape us. Let us look back at the end of our story. Pontius Pilate stared into the eyes of God in the flesh, listened to his words as he claimed to be truth, and walked out to the crowds of people longing to see Jesus dead and said, I find no guilt in him. But just moments later stood before that crowd, washed his hands and said, I am innocent of this man's blood. It is your responsibility. You see, Pontius Pilate knew the truth, but his own belief wasn't enough when met with a world that said they had no need for truth, that it was time for truth to die. So the question is, what will you do with truth? Will you wash your hands of it, continuing to believe that we no longer need it? Will you accept the lie that it is whatever the world wants it to be? Or will you use truth as a mirror to change yourself and change the world? It's time for people to understand that just like it was for Pontius Pilate, the moments where it is hardest to stand for truth will be the moments that most shape history. I believe we're at a time where history is being shaped. We see, we look, and we see that times are changing. But it doesn't seem like Christians are the ones that are shaping the history right now. We have truth on our side. We have things that make sense. We have history and past experiences show that following the Word of God works. The, the truths that are found in the Word of God are true. We've seen them. We've experienced them in our lives throughout history. Yet at a time when truth is being attacked, Christians are quiet. Church is quiet. Yeah, we've got good reasons. We don't want to offend anybody. We don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. That's not what a Christian does. We just got to say, Jesus loves you. That's the only thing we can say. We're not going to deal with any controversial topics. We're not going to get anybody upset. We don't want to get in an argument or disagreement, have any kind of confrontation. But truth has perished. And we're living in a time where we're seeing the consequences of what it looks like. Supreme Court justice can't even explain what a woman is. But it can be rediscovered. But guess who's not going to go out there and tell people what the truth is? The atheist isn't going to do that. The Muslim, the Buddhist, the casual Christian won't even do that. But it's up to you. It's up to me. We as Christians, we've got to take a stand. It doesn't matter if it costs us anything or if it costs us everything. We have got to stand up for truth. And what has happened, we've seen this happen. I've seen it happen in my, my lifetime with morality. It's like Christians won't, won't pick a hill to die on. Well, that's unfortunate that we're going in that direction, but I'm not going to take a bold stand on that because it's not worth me being persecuted or maybe losing my job or losing friends. And look how morality has declined. First of all, we were told that a marriage isn't that big of a deal. It's not that important. So Christians just went along with it. Okay, we can, we can just act like everybody else in regards to marriage. And now we're getting into immoral lifestyles, things that should not be done. We have churches that are encouraging it, promoting it, allowing it. But we're still quiet. We're not taking a stand. Somebody's got to take a stand. Somebody's got to stand up. Will that be you?
Will you commit yourself first and foremost to discover what the truth is and then commit to stand up for it? And even though our times are challenging, it's easy to endure such times if your mind is on the future. One thing about truth, we've been told what the future entails. We know that there is an afterlife. This earth is not the end of it all. It's really just the beginning. The darkness will not last here. Because one day everything will be made new. One day God will make sense of everything. One day we will leave this temporary place and go to an eternal place. That it should be our motivation for standing up for truth because we know what the future holds. This is the truth I'm standing on Even when all my strength is gone You are faithful forever And I know you'll never let me fall Right now I'm choosing to believe Someday soon I'll look back and see All the pain Shane Perez hopes this lesson encourages you and equips you to minister to others with your walk as a Christian. We would love to hear from you. Drop us an email at standfirmministries at yahoo.com.